and welcome to the Active Training Team podcast. I'm Kerry ann and I'm the Operations Manager at ATT. I'm also a board member for the British and Irish Trading Alliance for Under 35s. This is a networking organisation which gives me the opportunity to meet lots of people working in the construction industry. So I'm excited to be introducing this episode of the ATT podcast, which was recorded live at the UK Construction Week in London. Our director, Adam Christopher, took a microphone to the event and set out to chat with some of the people there. It's Adam Christopher here, ATT. We are at the UK Construction Week 2023 at the Excel Centre in London. We're having a walk around seeing who we can talk to get their views on what safety means to them but also what memorable experiences do they have in their lives good or bad uk construction week is the uk's largest built environment event in the uk there are hundreds of exhibitors and thousands of visitors so it's the perfect opportunity to meet people in the industry it wasn't long before adam bumped into a friend of att's steve kerslake Steve set up the charity Construction Sport and is a champion for mental health. They organise sports events to open up conversations about mental health, raise awareness of the alarming rate of suicide in the industry and advocate for greater employer accountability. Adam found two guys on an exercise bike. Steve. Can we go and talk to these lads for... Yeah, give them loads of really awkward questions. All right. Tell it, what's your name? Paul. And what do you do for a living, Paul? I'm a butt paver, ground worker. Okay. And how long have you been in that game? Two years. Two years. And before that, what were you doing? I was uh, running a uh, facilities company in okay. the city. In the we city? Doing, yeah, I was doing uh, universities, constructions. I was working on construction sites, so doing the construction cleans, handovers to clients and stuff. Then I thought that I was well warrants. So I worked for the royal family, okay. have you managing been, their buildings. Okay. Have you ever felt... <laughs> In all the years you've been working, you've had your safety compromised. <laughs> safety compromised. I suppose the early doors on sites is nothing like what it is now. I do believe that construction work is more safer nowadays on the site than it was 20 years ago. And what I've noticed, I'm 16 in a couple of weeks. To be fair, go back 40 years ago. Blimey. The ladders weren't even tied on. Yeah, no sheeting, no protection on the, on the balls, on the scaffolds at all. What's driven that safety then, do you think, in the last 40 years to make Deaths. it better? Deaths, definitely. People getting seriously out on site. Do you know, I was working on site in South London once. Um, what's going on here? Bang, big explosion. All the lights, all the power, that bank, like, you know, the bank chills, everything. Guys, obviously, he's on a pneumatic, has gone down, he's hit a power, killed him, sent him, well, whatever. But, uh, yeah, so today's training is more focused on what's went wrong in the past. So they, you're looking for them mishaps and they show you to try to avoid it. It's focus is on the safe operation, but taking into consideration human life. I think it's great in that respect, because they focus on the human content as opposed to changing the buck. Okay, when you say human contact, you talk about how people behave. I just think how they, react, how they interact. Um, every site you go on there, health and safety course, site induction, that never used to be, you know, like half the people from years ago wouldn't even know how to spell induction, let alone anything else. Training manuals, talkback tools, a lot of it's more proactive now, isn't it? 
Okay, so in any program, any course that you think, or an induction, the more active it is, the more worthwhile it will be? I think so, yeah. Why is that, do you think? Because involvement, I think. I think that's where the answer is, involvement. Because if you've ever worked on a site before or been in a site situation on construction, you know these pitfalls. You know, or you've heard of horror stories, or you've seen horror stories. Don't get me wrong, it's still far too many deaths in construction, but I think from a safety point of view now, I think we're more safe now. There is more care and consideration. One can only hope. But I do believe that. Okay, and I, I guess what, what you're saying there is you want every person on a site at every level to show more care and consideration. Yes, consider you. If you know yourself, if there was more care and consideration on our planet, do you honestly think there'd be as much strife and toil as there is now? Take that into your working life, me in construction, yeah. Consider the man next to you. Consider the man above you and below you. Your environment. Goes a long way, I think. Okay, so you're involved with Steve Kerr's like in construction sport. Yeah, he's the boss. What, what, why is there more focus now on, on how people feel? Because it's taking the likes of Steve, who've been in the game, and have seen people die, or take their own life. That's led to him coming off the tools and going on and promoting construction sport with the charity. Because he knows from the ground floor what we all face day in and day out. And I think Steve's idea is to get people talking, involve them in a bit of sport, get them out of their shell, you know? And if it can save one death, it's worthwhile, isn't it? Absolutely. Because I've always been, I suppose because of my army background maybe, I'd get the jump job done, but in a safe and not in a cowboy way. And when the higher ups notice that and recognise that, they back you nine times out of ten, I think. If you come across as a complete halfwit, then you're going to be left at the side of the road. But that shouldn't be the case. It doesn't matter if you're Einstein or someone with a little capacity for thought process. It doesn't matter, it's still human beings. And how does that make you feel when you feel someone not just respects you, but values you? I don't know, it's like a pat on the back, isn't it? Don't we all like to be appreciated? Don't we all like to say, well done, you've done well today. How are you doing? You all right? Nothing wrong with that, is there? I'd rather see someone smile than frown. Less energy. I don't know about this thing, no. Thank right. you so much, mate. You're welcome. I really nice appreciate you. it. Nice to meet you. Lovely. UK Construction Week is massive. The stalls have everything from building modelling software to state-of-the-art digital printers. There are people selling good old-fashioned concrete and others showing off the latest in quality PPE. And there are also organisations that, like ATT, operate in the health, safety and wellbeing space. I'm Sarah Meek, Managing Director of Mates in Mind Charity, set up five years ago to reduce the stigma, remove the barriers and raise awareness of mental health. OK. Well, it is very noisy here. I don't know how people can hear themselves think, let alone listen to other speakers. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what you see are the challenges, certainly with regard to training within the health and safety and well-being world in construction? What we see very often is that, particularly around mental health, people are sometimes afraid to open up conversations with their colleagues and therefore 
making it as sort of interactive and as real as possible is something that can help people in a safe space overcome those fears of how to start a conversation and as we know when we're talking about mental health very often it's because people feel they need to have the answers the solutions and having a, a, a live environment if you like to actually practice that conversation they just know how what questions to ask so that they're open questions without judgment why is a live environment do you think in the training world important not everybody learns in the same way and we certainly see that and particularly you know a classroom setting can be a very alien environment for people who are used to being boots on the ground for example um, and who aren't used to corporate training and it can feel a little bit intimidating so if it's something that they feel they can watch or learn or interact with then very often it brings it to life and, and it makes it more sustainable in, in their memories. Why do you think something like that aids memory and recall and being able to put what they've got from a training environment that's interactive back into their their real life worlds. I think because they can see potentially the impact it's had so they it gives confidence and competence to somebody feeling that they can at least start to have that conversation. It gives people the ability to just test and tease out something and to watch and see what other people's responses have, have brought about as well. Okay. By having those conversations in a more of a work-related setting, where per perhaps somebody's mental health might have been coming through in performance issues and taken a, a particular track down an HR route, actually having a greater awareness of mental health in the workplace has allowed people to be supported and managed in a different way and for it to be an open and honest conversation around actually what are those stresses, what's causing that and as a line manager and as an employer be able to reduce some of that in order to make somebody feel better supported, not going off sick, productivity improving and them feeling that this actually is a, an employer that they want to stick with and, and recommend to others. What are the typical people that you come into contact with your charity who might be boots on the ground or what might be a typical bad experience that's brought them to you? We work predominantly with the organisations within construction, transport and logistics but very often they will come to us through word of mouth or unfortunately because they've had a suicide within their organisation. We know that we get two suicides a day within the construction industry and therefore it's really important that we spread the word that there is really proactive positive steps that companies can take around that and it's not just a tick box exercise of how many mental health first aiders you have or do you have a policy it's actually changing that culture leading from the top making the managers feel supported but also that the boots on the ground can spot the signs around them within their workforce and their work colleagues but also including the supply chain the people who aren't employed directly by the company and making them feel included in any initiatives as well Adam spoke to several people about why it's important for everyone in an organisation to attend the same induction. That's also true for any major infrastructure project. Whatever someone's role or rank is, it's important everyone subscribes to the same health and safety culture. He met up with Denise Farquharson at UK Construction Week. Denise is a safety development and culture engagement officer for HS2. She's familiar with the kind of immersive safety leadership training we run at ATT. So much of our, our work, I believe, is rooted in emotional intelligence, which I think is like a muscle that needs exercising. If it isn't exercised, there's a danger it can get flabby. And I believe our work triggers 
people to dive in and access that. What is emotional intelligence to you? For me, it's, I think of the, the, the four R's, how you recognize the emotion that you're feeling, how you read that emotion, and how you review what you've felt, and then how you regulate those feelings going forward. So a lot of people bring emotions to work, and sometimes people will deny their emotions so let me give you an example, yeah? So I've arrived on site, I've had a fallout with the team leader or the supervisor, and he's talking about some really important things that we're gonna to do today. But because I had an argument with him yesterday, I'm still having those feelings and those emotions of anger and frustration and annoyance is still there. That alone could cause me to have an issue when I'm on site, because one, I'm not listening to him, two, I'm still thinking about the conversation yesterday, and three, it means that I not only put myself at risk, but I also put my other colleagues that I work with at risk as well. Bring emotions to work, definitely, you've got to, but how you manage them and regulate them is absolutely key. And some of what you do and teach in your courses talks about that and how to manage it well. Why do you think it's important for those people that aren't the boots on the ground to come along to our sessions? When a boots on the ground has an incident and hurts themselves, when you trace it back as to how that occurred, it was probably maybe that conversation last week with the supervisor that didn't go very well. Maybe it was all the way back to the actual risk assessment or the method statement for that piece of work, that new wall that they're building or that part of the tunnel that they're creating is not been designed effectively, which then takes you back then to a designer. How much time was spent really and truly proving that that design would actually work? And then it goes back to actually who procured those designers? How much money was spent making those decisions and how much time was spent making the right decision? And then it makes you also then think about, well, who hired the procurement team in the first place? which then makes you think about which leaders are in place to help our HR teams, for instance, make the right choices, to choose the right people, to then get the right designers, <laughs> to then all the way back down to helping those people on the ground to stay safe. Why do you think there's a significant enough proportion of people that work in, dis in construction, particularly the boots on the ground, who feel disgruntled? If we can get more of those disgruntled people to be listened to, again, this is part of, I guess, your training, that they want to be heard, they have got some great ideas, and if we can have more people listening to them, it would help prevent more incidents, I think. So any leader who attends the course to just stop, think and listen to who they're working with, that is powerful because then you could take a project that could potentially be failing or a project that is going in the wrong direction to actually reroute and deliver and produce something amazing. But they've got, you've got to take the time out. It does take time to listen to the disgruntled ones, but it's worth it. So worth it.
our thanks to Denise Farquharson, Sarah Meek of Mates in Mind and Paul with Construction Sport. All three conversations have highlighted the importance of communication. Whether that's speaking up if you're struggling with mental well-being, bosses taking time out to listen carefully or giving some well-earned praise. Because as Paul said, we all like to be told we've done a good job. It's these conversations which can make construction sites safer, saving working days lost and ultimately saving lives. If you're interested in finding out more about safety leadership training, our website is www.activetrainingteam.co.uk and you can also find more episodes of our podcast there. This episode was recorded at UK Construction Week at the London Excel Centre in May 2023. Thanks to everyone who helped with this podcast, especially Jane and Sophie at ATT. This was produced by Alexandra Quinn for Loftus Media. Loftus Media